Hello and welcome to How Many Geese. I'm Jack Baddams. And I'm Roddy Shaw. And if you're looking for a nature podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously... Then we are The Natural Selection. On today's show... What's the story here? Was this a targeted hit on Shakira or... What, by the Boar Mafia? By the Boar Mafia, exactly. What do they want from us? How do we appease (laughs) them? How do we... They want your shopping. If we introduced a space tiger, yeah. that's going to re- we shake things up. We got we have no plan for that. Yeah. So I saw a headline recently that immediately caught my attention, which was crow-plagued Sunnyvale turns to lasers and boomboxes to fight crows. Yes. Immediately went on my how many geese podcast ideas list that's on my phone uh so read into it we're in sunnyvale california in the silicon valley where each evening a thousand crows descend to roost in the downtown district of sunnyvale for uk listeners the downtown is the fancy bit where everyone likes to hang out because we don't really use that word in the uk uh now as the residents want to enjoy alfresco di- uh, dinners and meandering strolls, surprise, there's now a thousand crows just descending to roost in this area. So during the breeding season, crows are normally split off into their pairs and their holding territories, but they come together in large flocks in the colder months for safety in numbers, warmth in cities. They'll also share information about good feeding sites and all that sort of stuff. We have some amazing corvid roosts in the UK where you can get tens of thousands of birds that all come together. But in Sunnyvale, you've got these crows that are coming together to roost in the city. Now, researchers say that it's plausible that increasing numbers of crows have relocated to the downtown district, drawn, as many locals are, to the plentiful dining opportunities and cosy atmosphere. Which is quite nice to think that that's why the crows are there. So, I hear you raucously cry like one of Sunnyvale's residents. What can be done about this avian invasion? Enter Sunnyvale Mayor Larry Klein and his arsenal of green lasers and boomboxes. Now, I really like Larry's approach to this whole situation. He says, very scientifically, and I quote, the idea is to use these green laser pointers, plus the recorded sounds of crows in distress, to kind of harass the crows over the next few weeks and see if they leave. That's a direct quote from Mayor Larry Klein. One more time. The idea is to use green laser pointers plus the recorded sounds of crows in distress to kind of harass the crows over the next few weeks and just see if they leave. But, like, firstly, the complete nonchalance of him just being like, we aim to kind of harass them and see if they leave is brilliant. I really respect the honesty as a politician to just be like... Yeah, we're not too sure um, if this will work. We've put maybe, what do you say, seven <laughs> to ten minutes thought into it. Yeah. But, you know, we that when we tried, we were going to start a laser festival and the, we had the rug pulled out from under us <laughs> on that. So we've got these lasers knocking about. We've got a lot of crows. Let's see what happens. Vote for me. Turn three. <laughs> yeah, I just, Larry Klein is just straight up. He's not trying to bullshit anyone. It's, we're, we're just going to sort of harass them and see what happens. He, they have tried other methods. Uh, they've previously tried using uh, a falcon to frighten frighten the crows mm-hmm. um, with little success. And they then, <laughs> and he says, and the city is not ready to use more aggressive measures just yet, such as pyrotechnics. 
Wow. All right. <laughs> like, I'm assuming that's fireworks, but not ruling out that it's flamethrowers and they're just going to just go in there and just torch all the crows. Yeah. Like Hank Scorpio style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Secondly, as well as Larry's excellent description of what they're going to do, would you like to hear how successful this tactic has proved in the past? In the past, under Larry... Is this not the no. first time Larry has no. approached a political problem no. with lasers this, and this let's is, see what happens? This is thankfully nothing to do with Larry. But it is basically when they've used... Um, when they've tried to use lasers to disperse birds. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. in Auburn, New York, where crows now outnumber human residents two to one... Wow. It's a lot of crows. Because last season we worked out that there's way fewer pigeons... Than you think. Than you think. Yeah. So crows being two to one on people, that's a lot of In urban New York, yeah, yeah. And officials have tried and failed to disperse them there using lasers. Lasers have also been used unsuccessfully against crows in Rochester. In Indianapolis, lasers and recordings of bird warning calls did drive crows away from the business district, only to send them to nearby, poorer neighbourhoods turning this into an environmental justice issue. So they basically just moved all the crows away from the business people, where all the rich people were, sent them down to where all the poorer people were living, and were just like, great, well done. They ghettoized crows. <laughs> they essentially ghettoized crows to just move the problem from one area to another. Jesus. So it's yet to be seen how Larry's plan works out. Is it just the bird shit which is the problem? And the sound... And right. the fact, essentially, I mean, this is a classic case of people just being like, just not wanting anything to do with nature, because it is described as people's delightful evenings being ruined by raucous calls and bird shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it's people, it's basically just people wanting to enjoy the nice alfresco dining and not have their ears assaulted by a thousand crows. But there's no diseases, the crows aren't causing prop. they're not like no. chewing on... It doesn't seem to be. Wire. Yeah, it's no. just annoying to the point of move them. Yeah, so yeah. now they're trying later. Who knows, maybe maybe in a year's time he'll get to pyrotechnics and we'll be hearing about Larry Klein flying around with a jetpack yeah. and a flamethrower. But this isn't the only city that's having an animal problem. Yep. So we're going to go to Singapore, somewhere that I believe you know well. Yep. Do you know what animal might be becoming a problem in Singapore? Is it the otters? It is the otters. Damn otters. In November last year, Graham George Spencer suffered more than 20 wounds when he was attacked by a gang of otters in the Botanic Gardens. He was out for a run or something. Well, so he was out walking with a friend and he came across a group of about 20 otters, some with their pups, and a runner comes running past. Now, it's early morning. He didn't see them particularly well, this runner, and he ends up treading on them. Basically, just standing on some of them, which quite understandably whipped the otters into a bit of a into a bit of a frenzy. Yeah, they weren't here for that. Yeah, they're not. And then the runner, as they have want to do, ran off, <laughs> <laughs> leaving Mr. Spencer and his friend at the mercy of a gang of enraged otters, which chased him, pinned him down, and bit him twenty-six times in ten seconds. Now, interestingly, this mm-hmm. is the first example we have of an animal that we've had as a fight contendant on the show the first animal we had as a fight contendant then now actually fighting someone yeah how can you remember how many i said 
No. For some reason, eight sticks in my head, but I can't remember. I think it was two big ones. Cause you oh, did, yeah, because we, we did, did otters normal and otters, did... Asian short-clawed, and the giant otters. Yeah. If only Graham George Spencer had listened to the podcast and taken them to a car park. He'd have known to have done exactly not in a botanic gardens where clearly they have the upper hand. Rookie error. Take them to a car park, shopping trolleys, you're off. This one, it does actually sound like a pretty harrowing experience, though, um, for poor Mr. Spencer. He says, I actually thought I was going to die and that they were going to kill me. His friend was able to save him by screaming at the otters, is what it says here. Okay. But he needed stitches, tetanus injections, and antibiotics to, to treat him from it. He doesn't blame the otters, though, for what happened, uh, and just hopes that his ordeal um, helps people to be more careful and cautious around them. And this podcast helps you to prepare for fighting otters. Exactly. So, George Spencer, what you should really do is tell everyone to listen to this. We have got listeners in Singapore. I feel like this is a perfect... A perfect... Uh, <laughs> Meeting of worlds. Perfect opportunity yeah. for us to spread the word. So, the, the otters in Singapore are the smooth-coated otters, and their population has increased in recent years to now around 100 or so animals. Everyone celebrates them because it's a sign of clean waterways and all that sort of stuff. So they're native and were basically declared extinct in the 70s and then through years and years of cleaning up the river have steadily come back to the island. I think they are generally seen as very welcome. Yeah. Um, and it's a really nice example of a relatively large-ish, rare, well, formerly elusive animal living alongside people. They've been protected, their numbers have grown, but now they're, they are starting to hit the headlines now for a few. There have been a couple of other biting incidents. They're also responsible for eating thousands of dollars worth of koi carp. <laughs> There's a report that from 2015 to 2016, a group of otters destroyed about $64,000 worth of koi belonging to a homeowner in Singapore's resort island of Sentosa. Yeah. So someone lost sixty-four thousand dollars worth of koi carp there uh, and in 2015 the otters cleared out a koi pond at the shangri-la resort located on the same island the fish was said to be worth around eighty thousand dollars <laughs> so these otters i mean they're great but <laughs> they're having I'm the on, time of their lives i'm on team otter here if you i'm gonna say if you can buy eighty thousand dollars worth of koi once you can buy eighty thousand dollars worth of koi twice no one's Got $80,000. What am I spending this on? Koi. Yeah. As like a one-off thing. It also says here, this is one of my favourite little asides, it's all very raptors in the kitchen from Jurassic Park. They've also learned to climb ladders. <laughs> <laughs> was that connected to the attack? Was, was he up a ladder? No, it was just when it was listing that the otters are hitting the headlines more. It was for eating carp and the fact they can climb ladders. It's a big headline. They're climbing these ladders to get around the waterways of the cities, like the canals. Yeah. There's a, an amazing video of just this family of otters, just one by one, coming up this vertical metal ringed ladder yeah. just up to the top. So who knows where the otters are going to turn up next? I tried to see them when I, I was in Singapore in 2019. Yeah. I tried to see them. Didn't. No. Yeah. But there are like otter Facebook pages and they tell you the times and the places and all like those big... Certainly in 2019, this was this year or last year, wasn't it? This was November. Because someone actually 21. had sent that to me, mm. separate, someone who I knew from Singapore saying like, you yeah. know, look at this, etc. And it is, 
Yeah, it's amazing because they've been on like Attenborough's gone to look at yeah. the otters. Yeah. Any kind of example of like a big city trying to be more green. Yeah. Singapore's otters are like an international like, look how good. Like imagine if there were otters in the Thames. And, yeah. You know, like yeah, it'd yeah, be yeah. all of that. And I think, yeah, it was a huge hooray otters. Now ever so slowly <laughs> people are like, wait a minute, we want fish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're not like our otters, which are really secretive, relatively solitary. You get these in big groups mm. well like packs of 20 otters roaming yeah. around and there's amazing pictures online of them crossing roads roads and, and, and yeah. yeah just swimming around in swimming pools people's swimming yeah. pools and all sorts of stuff they're great <laughs> moving on from cities being under attack by animals crows otters i want to move on to an entire continent that's under attack from one particular large animal I mean, that was going to go one or two ways. You were either going to go bigger than a city or smaller than the city. And in my head, I thought it was going to be a village. No, we're going <laughs> continent-wise. One village being terrorised by a pheasant. Have you heard the Shakira news? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say that Shakira is not the animal going around terrorising continents in Europe. But she has come face to face with this beast um, quite recently. As in, tail end of 2021. Shakira news, the hips still don't lie? A hips still don't lie. Okay. And they're telling you that she was attacked by two wild boar in a park in Barcelona. No way. Yeah. This was in autumn of yeah. 2021. Uh, and she posted on her Instagram story, holding up a dirty torn bag while saying, look how they left my bag. The two wild boars that attacked me in the park, they were taking my bag into the woods with my phone in it. They've destroyed everything. She was very distressed by this whole thing. Uh, everything. <laughs> That's quite a big... And the, I mean, the fact that she's like, they were taking my bag into the woods with my phone in it is such a, like, cliche celebrity social yeah. media. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But my phone was in it. Yeah, They've destroyed everything. Well, uh, they didn't take it away. You've yeah. still got it. You still have all of your money. Yeah. And you're alive. Yeah. So is she, was it just that they took her bag and she was she so she was basically she was accosted by these wild boar need stitching and who no she wasn't she wasn't in any oh. she wasn't physically hurt Mortal she was just danger. a bit traumatized i mean yeah to be fair boar are terrifying and isn't shakira like three feet tall or something uh i don't think she's yeah i don't think she's very tall i mean we are we are tall tall yeah shakira is small to us yeah, but I think she's small to non-tall as well. <laughs> okay. I think regular people think Shakira's small. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story here? Was this a targeted hit on Shakira? Or is there a wider problem? What, by the boar mafia? By the boar mafia, exactly. Or is there a wider problem? It's not just Barcelona's problem. There's an invasion of wild boar into urban areas across some of Europe's most famous cities. <laughs> Anywhere Shakira goes on tour. <laughs> Now, listeners will surely be familiar with an incident in 2020 in Berlin. Do you know which one I'm going to talk about? There was a famous video that did the rounds of a boar meeting a nudist bather. I thought it was going to be another Latino, Latina superstar. <laughs> Enrique Iglesias. Selena Gomez. <laughs> um, a nudist bather had had his bag stolen by a boar with his laptop in it and was photographed running across the park Stark naked after the boar. The boar was a female. It had got its piglets in tow. The bag that he'd left while he was sunbathing uh, had got food in it as well as his laptop. The boar came up, grabbed the bag, was running off into the woods. 
the naked man chased after it. Hilarity ensued. Lots of pictures taken, shared widely over social media. Did Shakira's bag have food in it? Uh, I can only imagine there must have been something in there that... As you were saying that, I was like, why have they taken this naked man's bag? And then you said food, food. and I'm like, ah, yes. They just really like bags. Yeah. They're just tote bags. They just love them. So there was also, as well as the Berlin uh, nudist, there was also in May last year, a group of wild boars surrounded a woman leaving a supermarket near Rome, grabbing her bags and stealing all the food. There's a little 30-second video here, Roddy. I'm going to pass it to you. And just to see how bolshy these wild boars are. Yep. Okay. Uh, she's out the front of her car. Standard supermarket car park. Two boar, three boar, four boar more. Piglet boars. They're going after her. God, she's had to throw her bag to get yep. rid of them. And now they're tearing the bag apart. There's people milling about. There's traffic. <laughs> There's a, These boars do not... They're not just restricted to parks, essentially. No. Is what I'm trying to say. That was urban as it gets. They're coming into car parks. This woman is literally just walking as though you're going from Tesco to your car park, uh, yep. to, the, to, to your way your car is, and the boar are coming and, uh, and surrounding it. So there's that case. There's the Berlin one. There's Shakira in Barcelona. In, tw- in January 2019, a group of boar crossed a highway just south of Milan, leading to a three-car pileup, which killed one driver and injured many more. So there's lots around Europe... There's lots going on with the boar. Boar question. Uh-huh. Is a boar to a pig what a dog is to a wolf? Yes, they are. Yeah? They are domesticated. Uh, pigs are domesticated versions of wild boar. Cool. So what's going on with this boar invasion of European cities? Wild boar numbers in the EU are now believed to be over 10 million. And as cities continue to sprawl and expand and their habitat and our world is beginning to collide more frequently. The thing with boar is, as you saw with them tearing open that woman's shopping, they're adaptable, generalist, and will eat pretty much anything. There's nothing that wild boar won't eat, from grubbing up tubers of plants to eating um, deer fawns that are left lying. And, so, you know, when they... Deer, Jesus. And le- yeah, deer fawns will be left to lie by their mothers and they'll sit there and they'll be you know trying to hide away and a boar will come along and just numb them all up you really went up a gear from onion (laughs) (laughs) they'll break into carrion they basically eat absolutely anything now they've been coming into conflict with agriculture for years but now they're coming into our cities to pick up all the food that's lying around it's becoming a bit more of a problem and i just want to put into context the size of the boar because we're used to dealing with urban animals like pigeons and rats and foxes maybe mm. well get a load of this female boar average anywhere between 60 to 80 kilograms all right no <laughs> <laughs> i don't need that males can be 75 to 100 kilograms yep and stand just under a meter tall and a meter and a half in length that's big they've got tusks they've got teeth they can run up to 30 miles an hour, flip rocks that weigh 50 kilograms, and jump to a height of a metre and a half. Why do we know the weight of a rock they can... That We don't... Well, I, yeah, that, but like any other... An, I've never... Like, if I'm looking at facts for an animal... Yeah. Jumping height, yep. Yeah, yeah. Weight, yep. Yeah, height, yep. Yeah, length, yep. Yeah. I've never been like, what's the heaviest rock they <laughs> can flip? Is it, can, it, was, it was listed. I guess, I guess with a boar, because they're animals that turn over soil and can lift things up that's that's one of their foraging strategies lifting things to get under it i bet an elephant can lift the heaviest rock yes i bet a bison 
can lift the net. They. I don't know whether they can get under. Mm. A boar will go under it with its nose and flip it. So are we saying boar are silver in animal rock flipping? I think so. Damn. I think like a like a rhino. I don't think it's got the technique. No. But a, ry- a rhino can definitely move fifty kilos. Like, oh, that's yeah. nothing to a hundred ry- yeah, percent. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But it, I don't think it's got the technique. It's active, not active. Active rock flippers. Bora, they've got yeah. They've been yeah. They've been training for millions of years. Literally. And also the fact that they are seventy five, like a male is seventy five kilos, and they're flipping something at fifty. Yeah. Well, the ma- they max mm. out at about hundred kilos, so it's half its weight. Half a flip. Not insignificant, Jack. And then, like, and the thing with an elephant is that it might be able to lift a heavy rock, but it then can't jump famously at all. But definitely not a <laughs> meter and a half. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the boar's. It's the the boar is a meter and a half long, so it'd be an elephant jumping. How long's an it's elephant? An, it's an length, Four meters. It? Yeah, whatever. It's the fact it's got all those attributes together. Thirty mile an hour running, fifty kilogram lifting, a meter and a half jumping. It's like, it's like How, the, the Captain America of animals where it's been injected with the super serum <laughs> and it's just able to do all of How, these amazing things. What do they want from us? How do we appease <laughs> them? How do we... They want your shopping. But can we negotiate? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they... But you said they eat everything. They eat everything. Can we employ them as street cleaners? Well, that that is one of the problems. In Rome, Rome's got getting more and more of a reputation for being a dirty city, lots of things lying out on the you know lots of rubbish lying out mm. and it's becoming a bit of a uh, in like mayoral elections and things like that it's becoming hot a hot topic, topic exactly mm. is the state of rome the boar i guess rather than being seen as a great the boar are here to clean up our mess they're being seen as like the pinnacle of the fact that rome needs cleaning it's like it's so bad the street is full of pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Things are so out of control, we now have swine. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. And they're just... I, I, I have seen boar once in the Forest of Dean here in the UK, which is the only... Well, no, it's not the only place you can find boar now, but there are reintroduced, unofficially reintroduced, uh, slash illegally released or escaped, populations of wild boar around the UK, the biggest one being in the Forest of Dean, where there's potentially about a 1,000 wild boar in there and whenever you go into the forest of dean lots of the soil is turned up you can see where they've been which is great for biodiversity it's they create a very dynamic landscape but if there's loads of them it can have negative impacts too but they are giant things i came across a big sow with her piglets and it was just the closest thing you can get in the uk to like a primal experience where you're looking at an animal and you're like if it wanted to that would fuck me up because that is one, like, in the UK, we... There's nothing. Yeah, like, I don't know how to phrase this, but, like, nature isn't scary in the UK. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like blue tits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're, you know, we know that we have listeners in Australia, America. We, the the most going dangerous at, going, snake that we have, you know, might make your hand swell up. Yeah. Unless but, you're, like, five. Yeah. Unless right. you're, yeah. Yeah. Unless you're really, really young. And... The most dangerous mammal that we have, well, I guess is it is the wild boar. Yes. Also, big red deer stags. Yeah. They're pretty... They're pretty scary, yeah. I wouldn't want to... But the largest carnivorous yeah. mammal that we have... Yep. ...is a badger. Yep. That's... Yeah, it is. That's a fact. It is. And we should have bears, wolves, lynx. But we don't. So, yeah, the wild boar is definitely the scariest thing that you can, you can encounter in the UK. So, how do you deal with all of these problems with the boar? So... Culling is the obvious answer. Yep. But the problem with boar is they breed 
I was going to say like rabbits, but they breed a lot. They breed like wild boar because they can breed throughout the year. Young sows can produce two litters a year with as many as 14 piglets at any one time. So they become sexually mature, not when they reach a certain age, but when they reach a certain weight. So a female boar has to reach 35 kilograms and then she becomes sexually active. Meaning that some females can breed well before their first birthday. And because they're eating lots of high fatty foods, especially in urban environments, Subways. They, yeah, they can reach that weight a lot quicker. So even though culling is a thing, in Berlin, they pay a team of, and I don't know how to pronounce this, Stadjägers, which are straight, trained street hunters. They just patrol the streets picking off nuisance wild boar within the city limits. They've shot thousands, but there's still roughly about 3,000 boar within the Berlin city limits. But where do they, like, sleep? The boar? Yeah. I guess they just... A lot of these cities, they either... So for Barcelona, where Shakira encountered them, mm. there's a national park, which is the Colorola Natural Park. Smashed it. Colorola oh it's probably Coyella. I know whatever there's a national park that borders <laughs> the outskirts of the city and the boar come in at night so they're they've learned that they can migrate into the cities at night and then back out to the outskirts in the day mm. so when it's quieter they'll come in eat all the food eat all the rubbish back out but a lot of these parks especially things like Berlin imagine if the boar got into London there's quite a lot of big parks in there that they'd be able to find a place to sleep in there's big parks but equally like I'm amazed that I never see fox like sleeping mm. foxes, you know? Yeah. Like in London, there are loads and loads and loads, so many foxes. Yeah. But I never see where they're hanging out. Yeah. I'm guessing it's like under people's shits. But I mean, like, I'm, there's not even like gardens around me. Yeah. Right? There's not sheds. There's not this. It's yeah. literally kind of proper concretey, jungly thing. And then there's loads of foxes. So to think that there'd be boar just. <laughs> Where are you just going to do, open your door one day and there's a sleeping hog? <laughs> well, I do see on social media, I see foxes sleeping on people's garage roofs. If the boar can jump a metre and a half, all it needs is a well-paced bin. And maybe they're just sleeping on garage roofs. Damn. They must find scrubby areas. What's interesting is like the parks in Berlin are a lot more, we would consider them more untidy. They're a bit more wild. They've right. got more brambles. They've got more scrub. Okay. And that's why... Berlin has a really healthy population of birds like nightingales and things like that. Whereas you, you can walk, you can stand at a bus stop in Berlin and hear nightingales singing. Whereas in London, there's no nightingales anywhere near it. Um, and that's because the parks in our country are a little bit more well manicured. There's less scrub, there's less thickets, all that sort of stuff. Whereas in Berlin, I know at least, it's a little bit more wild in their parks. So but- the boar could probably hide out in there a lot easier than they could with what we're used to is that two so two things one is that because berlin is actively managing its parks to be scrubbier Mm -hmm. for wildlife i don't think so okay they're just maybe i think left to kind of go that way i think we in the uk we're just a little bit more obsessed with how the landscape looks no i know that but what i'm what i'm getting at is it like a funding thing right that berlin has less funding going towards its parks they go a bit more scrubby yeah which is great or is it more of a cultural thing that it's yeah. here we're a bit more neurotic and i don't know yeah. i don't know actually and 
I certainly think the cultural element probably because you think about all our parks and they're the ones in London. Yeah. And their history and they're all they're quite tied to the royals and Victorians. It's always yeah. Victorians mowing things and box hedges. It's <laughs> yeah. like what are you doing? But like what's his name? Capability Browns like landscaping all the massive stately homes in the UK so that they were basically all short grass with big trees yeah. and nothing else. Yeah. So but, I mean, you could also, I guess, say, thanks to that, we don't have wild boar roaming the streets of London, going down Fleet Street and then yeah. hiding out in St. James's Park. Yep. Yeah. My other thing is you mentioned that they, in Barcelona, are living out in the countryside and then commuting in. Yeah. Because you know, clearly very middle class, these <laughs> boar. They're getting the trams. Buying up property in the suburbs and travelling in for work. Yeah. Um, do Is there a world where, with our evolutionary crystal ball... If I was a boar in Barcelona, wouldn't it make more sense if all the other boar are leaving the forest at night? Wouldn't you want to yeah. stay in the forest and become the forest boar and eat the food that isn't being contested? Well, natural food sources, they're more ephemeral. They come and go. There yeah. might be certain times a year, for example, when the acorns fall, that less boar come into the city. Right. But what you've got in the cities, and this is why so many animals come into year cities. Round. Year round. Year round. Reliable. High calorific wagyu beef yeah exactly um shake shack i'm trying to think of whatever's in barcelona tapas yeah tapas like so paella gambas i'm just aware that barcelona is very different from the rest of spain and if there's any barcelona listeners lots of catalan dishes (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i imagine they're coming in because it's worth their time to come in because it's reliable it's always there it's high fat content all that sort of stuff um, cool. But what is interesting is because they are, they very rarely get to like the centre of the cities because they do have to go back to the outskirts. Mm. So they really affect, in Barcelona particularly, the national park that's on the outskirts of it, the people who live closest to it are rich businessmen, footballers, Shakira. <laughs> Shakir, 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 Shakir is married to a, a football player for Barcelona. So they live in these leafy areas, which are all really highly desirable. And the central areas are, are where the boar come less because it's further away from where they come to. So the boar are actually affecting some of these really rich, nice areas. And arguably, that's why the authorities are taking it quite seriously and instigating some of these population control measures. In Barcelona, what they've started doing... So Berlin have got its street hunters that go out and shoot, shoot the boar. Um, in Barcelona, in 2013, after a policeman shot at a boar with his standard revolver and hit and maimed his own partner instead, fabulous. they decided on a new tactic, which was to employ a team of veterinary scientists from yeah. one of the universities in Barcelona who uh, trap, blood test, and then euthanize the wild boar. Because another thing about the boar is that they can carry things like salmonella. One of the big worries is African swine fever which, if that gets into domestic pigs, can can be really highly contagious. Right. But it's really, we're sort of right in the middle of it, and as our cities expand, and as we hopefully begin to restore ecosystems, and particularly in Europe, as things have started making their way back into Europe, as people have moved away from farmlands, we're seeing big resurgence in lots of large animals so things like wild boar populations are on the up in europe the wolves are recolonizing across a lot of europe because a lot of agricultural land is now being 
left. People are moving into cities. It's not worth farming anymore. What we're getting is bigger far, like bigger companies controlling areas of land. A lot of small local farmers are giving up, which is leaving a lot of land to essentially rewild. We've got wolves coming back. We've got lynx coming back. We've got bears coming back. And what we're going to see is more conflict with some of these larger animals. There's a great video of a wolf running through a German town through a little car park. Someone's just filming it, and the wolf just comes trotting down the street through the little car park, and then off. There's videos of wolves walking down canals in the middle of Belgium. So there's all sorts of stuff, and the boar are maybe just one of the first waves of these large animals that we're going to have to learn to live alongside. And these people capturing wolves, lynx, bear on video, popping up around Europe, are they capturing... Shakira is, is she <laughs> appearing is what's her resurgence who knows like? what animal Shakira is going to be attacked by next yeah but we'll be sure to report it when it happens <laughs> it's time for that part of the show where we take one of nature's magnificent creatures and we pit it against Roddy Shaw in a fight to the death now today's animal has been submitted by Martin Clarkson on Instagram and it is the pelican Now, let's get to know our foe. We all know about pelicans, giant water birds that are characterised by their whacking great big beaks and with the pouch on it that they use for catching prey. Martin didn't specify the species of pelican, so as always, I've taken it upon myself to choose the species, and I've gone for one that you'll be familiar with, Roddy, because it's the pelicans that can be found in St. James's Park in London. Mm -hmm. It is the great white pelican. Yep. So, the great white pelican. This species is found across southeastern Europe uh, through to Asia and Africa in a wide variety of open wetland habitats. Now, in case you're wondering why there are some in London, dear listener, they're a captive colony whose ancestors were originally given to Charles II by the Russian ambassador in 1664, and it's now become tradition for ambassadors to donate pelicans, because why not? Uh, The great white pelican... When it's flying, it's a pretty graceful bird and able to fly effortlessly and soar on only a few wing beats. Their short, strong legs and webbed feet are great for swimming, but make them awkward on land. So they need a big run-up when it comes to taking off from the water's surface. Moving on to the beak, they, of course, mainly eat fish and can travel over 100 kilometers on those big, broad wings in search of food in a day and need to eat around 1.2 kilograms of fish in a day to sustain themselves, meaning that the largest colony of great white pelicans found on Tanzania's Lake Rukwa consumes about 28 million kilograms of fish in a year. So I mean, I thought you were going to say day for a minute, and no. I was like, what are these fish doing? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a good job you're not a fish. They prefer larger fish, which they scoop out into the pouch on their bill, and then as they lift their head, the pouch contracts, pushing all the water out. But they're not just restricted to fish. As you're probably aware, Roddy, there's some very gruesome videos uh, mm. on uh, YouTube of the London pelicans snatching and swallowing pigeons. In South Africa, the pelicans from the Dassen Island colony will eat gannet chicks that weigh up to two kilograms, whilst in Walvis Bay, Namibia, they regularly eat cormorant chicks and eggs. They can also take adult gulls, which they'll capture and hold under the water to drown. So, bearing all that in mind, Roddy Shaw... How many great white pelicans are too many great white pelicans? This is interesting. (laughs) As they all are. But what I find most interesting about this one is you have singled out their weak legs. Mm -hmm. That doesn't always happen, um, that they have such a clear and present weakness. Like, we've had things like 
pangolins, which are inherently non-aggressive. Yeah. But this is the first large and sizable animal which has had a well, notable weakness. I should say, they their legs... Oh, what, they wield no, machetes. It says their their legs are short and strong. Yep. They're just, they're awkward on land. Yeah. So it's, so... Yeah, but um, um, but yeah, it's the awkward on land bit. That I'm is. factoring this into my as you should, to my um thinking. Are their beaks? Are they going to be sharp or are they just bucket? Yeah, so they're not designed for stabbing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you did get a pelican beak straight on, it's going to hurt. Yeah, but they're not designed like a heron's is for puncturing through something. Yeah, they're designed so that when they open that bill, the pouch spreads and they've got a big surface area to gather a load of fish. Yeah, just. Slight tangent, but I now have pelican general questions. Uh-huh. Have we? Do, do people make things out of pelican leather? Ouch. To my knowledge, no. I've never heard of that. Hmm. You're that, thinking once you're done with them in the fight, you can open up a little <laughs> boutique stall. It's pelican, not pelicant. <laughs> uh, right. Did you say how heavy they were themselves? I know you said 1.2 kilos of fish a day. So they weigh... Anywhere between nine to fifteen kilograms, and the larger, uh, with the larger races, usually averaging around eleven kilograms, sometimes being up to sort of 13. the larger races. Yeah, it's called the Great White Pelican, <laughs> <laughs> and you're factoring it into the larger races. I'm just reading what the science says. <laughs> uh, the wingspan measures anywhere between seven and a half foot mm. to eleven foot ten. So that's 226 to 360 centimetres. So like a three metre wingspan. That's massive. And can weigh up to 15 kilograms. That's a big old bird, isn't it? That's a big unit. Apart from the great albatross, they've got the biggest wingspan of any living flying animal. And they're one of the heaviest flying birds. Okay, my last question, just in really understanding this animal. I'm going to guess they're pretty dumb. they yeah i'd probably give you that they do have cool hunting strategies where they group together and i don't know if you've seen there's a nice sequence on one of the attenborough programs where they film it from above i'm guessing with a drone uh, and it shows the pelicans herding fish into a shoal and then all diving their beaks down so they're capable of a little bit of cooperation so you might want to factor that in but largely i think on an individual basis there's not much going on inside a pelican's head i'm interpreting cooperation as sheep-like (laughs) (laughs) for my benefits that's what that's going down as in the notes so we've got a giant lemming with weak legs and a bucket now their main offense they've got the bill which is gonna hurt but i'm really scared or i'm most wary rather of those wings yeah just the general bulk yeah yeah but like being hit with one what i'm saying is i don't want this out in the open because Mm -hmm. any opportunity for them to take to the skies and hit me with just them at that speed or do some kind of like aerial bombing maneuver fill up their pouches fly over me yeah you know we don't want that they do to to take to the sky is a massive effort for a pelican you've seen swans taking off yeah Imagine that. Like, they need a huge run-up on water. I don't even know if they can take off on land. They need a huge run-up to be able to to take off. So hmm. that might be something worth thinking about. What I'm, Where I'm getting at with this is, okay, what I'm going to do 
why are they after me? I have a lot of fish. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's key here. Yeah. I've either taken their fish. I have acquired fish. Okay. I want the fish for me. Right. Okay. We don't want to be like some Disney sort of fish snatcher. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I will take all the fish yeah. from the pelicans. Well, I've got my aquarium. Yeah. They're after my aquarium. Ah, this not is cool. Immediately become personal <laughs> for what must be about thirty grams of fish that yeah. I own in my aquarium, which inevitably pops up when we're recording this. Right, they're after the aquarium. Okay. It's the ones in. Do you know how many are in St James's Park? It's it's a handful. It's like between seven and ten, I think. Something something around that. Big old hand if you're fitting ten pelicans. <laughs> in it. Right. I live kind of close enough to St James's Park, but there's another park near me as well. Okay. Right. I'm gonna go to the other park, mm-hmm. and in there there is a gym. There's a small sports centre right. in Battersea Park, and I'm going there because reasons are I want to be inside. Yeah. I want them coming for me. Yeah. I want to lay some kind of trap. Right. I want to use their weak legs against them. Mm. I'm going to get to the gym. They're I'm strong gonna, legs that they're just ungainly on land. Wait for it. I'm going to put me and my aquarium. Well, I've, I've taken my fish into a small... I'm not carrying the whole aquarium. That's too much. <laughs> what a stupid suggestion for this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Weighs more than me. It's out. Okay. Getting my fish. I'm setting up shop in the little gym. I'm taking all of the treadmills in a ring around me, Ooh. turning all of the treadmills on, going the opposite direction. So for right. the pelicans to get to me, they then have to walk on the treadmills, and that's how we're beating the pelicans. They'll just be fired back. They'll be fired. And they're so heavy. They'll, you know, that they're going to feel that when they hit the wall. They're so heavy. So then, if anything, we're going into the manufacturer's warranty on the treadmills for how many pelicans it can handle. I think that is the real question here because if you as bird expert i was thinking maybe they'll be able to trot or keep up if you're saying a pelican couldn't handle a treadmill at all then pelican could not handle a treadmill and it's crucially it's not going to be able to fly if you're in an enclosed area it's not going to be able to fly over it's not going to be able to take off get over the treadmills to actually get to you stood in the middle exactly so now okay what i'm going to do is i'm going to put i said it was going to be a ring I'm going to be one side of the room, treadmills in a, a solid wall. Like wall-to-wall, wall, treadmills in a line. Wall-to-wall, treadmills in a line. A phalanx of treadmills. <clears throat> exactly, Roman style. Yeah. All working away from me so that they have to run on the treadmill yeah. you know, into yeah. me. Otherwise, it's catapulting pelicans, pelicans in pel- your direction. Yeah, we don't want that. So then, it is... I mean, what are we saying here? Till the treadmills burn out or till the room ostensibly fills up with that many pelicans... That the rest can't get through the door. That the rest either can't get through the door or can just walk over the treadmill on Ah, the... What is essentially the body of their fallen... Comrade. Comrade, exactly. Given that they're from Russia. (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering whether... Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're big old birds... You don't always need to give an actual number. You once said you could kill the, the amount of pheasants you would defeat is until a sword gets blunt. That was, <laughs> okay. that well, was the answer. <laughs> the amount of pelicans I can take is till a treadmill burns out. Because the moment one treadmill goes, then they're over, then the beak, and once they get my fish, I'm so devastated, I surrender, I fall to my it. knees. Yeah. They, they win the emotional metal. You yield. I yield, exactly. So it's until... I don't know. Who makes treadmills? Yamaha? <laughs> Maybe. They sure. Do. They make keyboards. <laughs> and piano. Super bikes. Yeah. And treadmills. Yeah, Why not? Exactly. 
until a Yamaha treadmill fails. I will fight the pelican for my fish. I've got a question here from Ranger Dan on Instagram, who wants to know which fantasy animal or plant would you like to introduce to the world and what impact would it have on the ecosystem? So it can be anything. I mean, we're talking things from Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Narnia. But if you introduced it to the world, what effect would it have and why would you choose it? Is it fantasy animal or plant? Yeah, it's specifically said. What is an ent? Uh, I mean, I guess they fall as both. I think the ants, the ants count. They're in. The ants are in. What effect would it have on the ecosystem? Um, probably less deforestation. Yeah, that's. I'd if like to. Every time you went to cut a tree, you risked it standing on you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like bringing them in for ecosystem, literal like Protection. tree muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bounces to the forest. Yes, I'd like to think if ants were here. Mm-hmm. I'd have a good relationship with them. Yeah. My current, like if I, not that I go to many, but like go to a club or whatever, yeah. and the bouncers like are all the made in Chelsea people, you're in, yeah. and they look at me, you're out. <laughs> I, that, I imagine, would be reversed if Ents were here. In the forest. But Ents would look at me, it'd be like, you're in, yeah. and then see the made in Chelsea people, and it'd be like, <laughs> you're barred, mate. Yeah. Not in those shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you get some outdoor wear? <laughs> Yeah. When you've got some Gore-Tex and you can come in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when you've got some Gore-Tex. Yeah. Where are your wellies? Uh, yeah. Uh, what else? What would I like to see? I mean, dragons. Yeah. Dragons would be pretty cool. What kind of dragon? Yeah. Because there's like Smaug, and I'm going to say that's mm-hmm. a bad time dragon. Yeah. Don't want him. No. Dragons in fantasy worlds never play out well, do they? To be honest. Well, Apart it depends. From how to train your dragon. They're good. Good, good time. Good time dragons. Toothless. Yep. And the how to train your dragon dragons. Yep. That gives us a framework on which they fit into the world. Yeah. Right? They yeah. eat fish, take a few sheep. Yeah. People have a good time. They come to yeah. live, laugh, love. Yeah. Hooray, Vikings. We, yeah, everyone works together. Yeah. Basically. But also, we don't live in Viking times. So that's true. That's a key fact. How would yeah. they work alongside iPads? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Well, imagine just logging onto YouTube and seeing funny dragon videos. That's how they'd probably fit in. <laughs> <laughs> Baby dragon just falling off a log. And burning a house down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, well, there are your basic mythical animals. Then at the other end of your spectrum, you've got your fantastic beasts and where to find them mm-hmm. animals mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so your basic ones are things like unicorn yeah where it's literally a horse with a spike yeah right if anyone at home said unicorn just turn the podcast off right now <laughs> get out yeah so working from unicorn backwards uh-huh. to the jazzy end i'm gonna say the next tier is phoenix phoenix because that mm. presents as just a bird which goes on fire that's true i don't think there's too much that's true else kind of happening there yeah but then it's when you go into like oh the feathers give you spells and stuff mm. but i don't but would they think we're doing that because we're not saying that magic is real yeah so then dragon blood and yeah. that kind of yeah, yeah, voodoo yeah. Yeah. is not part of the picture right they'd so. be selling them in chinese medicine shops for sure for sure, yeah. but we would know it to be objective horseshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that is the podcast. <laughs> that is the party line. <laughs> yeah. um, 
I mean, phoenixes would be cool. They'd be a would great be investment for a zoo yeah. because <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. no risk of losing it. No. <laughs> like, oh, the phoenix died again. Well, yeah. there we go. Where do things like griffins come in? They are they're in the similar band as Phoenix yeah, because okay. they're jazzy, but they're not like meant. Because in like Fantastic Beast, there's things that there's one bit in that it like it's a giant thing, and then it like fits inside a teapot, and animals yeah, which like change yeah, size, yeah. and their horns explode, and yeah. all of that. Bells. Yeah. A griffin is just bit of this, bit of that. Whacking boom! Together. It's yeah. a thing, right? So that's at the basic end because uh-huh. it's not. I mean, I know the phoenix is pretty jazzy so maybe the griffin is between unicorn and phoenix actually because it's just existing animals it's it's an animal in that it lives it dies Mm -hmm. etc yeah yeah there's no bells and whistles in that life yeah it's just two things happening we're we're putting a framework okay yeah 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 yeah. yeah. centaurs are out because there's too much human too much human i was i was literally because i was thinking of um, mermaids um they're out they're not coming in yeah oh impact on the ecosystem and environment yep. uh, and economics catastrophic <laughs> cool yep the kraken yes now we're talking like just let's just chuck a few krakens <laughs> in the sea <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot that's going to go wrong yeah but it's going to be cool yeah that'll be that that's on the six o'clock news <laughs> yeah. and another cruise ship was torn asunder by the kraken <laughs> We don't know what angered it. We don't know how to appease it. All we know is we've lost another 500 people. I, I'm gonna. Have you ever been on a cruise? Yes. Okay. That makes my next sentence interesting. Mm-hmm. I was going to say I don't know any. If a cruise ship went down, yeah. I don't know if I'm missing those people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I know you're saying there's going to be a negative impact uh, there, and I get it. Yeah. However, equally. It's not like the Kraken is targeting the homeless. You That's know? true. It's like... I, I, it's people that have lived their lives, generally. I could live my entire life... There could literally be Krakens in the world now. Yeah. No impact on my life. <laughs> like, I would have zero overlap with Krakens if they were real. Yeah, okay. Apart from lots of our food gets shipped around. Or point. Ch- cheap things from China. Yeah. So what, like less plastic chairs and bananas, but also fewer cruise people. So it's still sounding good. It's sounding appealing. <laughs> Enter the Kraken. Yeah. Um, what else? Is there any mythical bug, insect, arthropod, arachnid, bug? There'll be, they'll be really cool, like folklore ones that we just don't know about. Yeah. In the Fantastic Beast films, yeah. he's got like a twig that chats to him or something, doesn't he? Oh, I don't know. It just looks like a little twig that yeah. is kind of... Alive. Yeah, they seem cool. We have got those. Yeah, stick insects, and that's probably where this came from in my head. Yeah. Thinking about it. But this, like, walks on two feet, and it's like a little, like a teeny tiny group, but done. Uh, okay. Like, it's it's yeah. still a twig. Okay. In fact, if group counts as a I was just about group, to say, does group count? He, he's in. Is he a fantasy creature? He's I mean, in. I guess he is a giant tree. He's in. Yeah, okay, he's in. We're bringing in, we're not bringing unicorns because they're too boring. They're so shit. We're bringing in phoenixes for the economy of zoos. <laughs> We're bringing in Krakens because that's going to spice things up. <laughs> and we're bringing in Groot and Ents. If we're bringing in Ents, we're bringing in Groot. Yeah, that's fair. They're, that's fair. They're in the same postcode. Yeah. And then nice dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Where does the abominable snowman sit? Uh, that's a point. Big Sasquatch. Yeah, I want Sasquatch. The Sasquatch. I want that to... I already want that to be real. We could With this question, we could make... 
Sasquatch, Loch Ness Monster. Yes. We just make them real because yeah. they're fantasy creatures. Yeah. But we could suddenly make all the people that have devoted their lives to proving that they're right so happy. And then they all go on a cruise and get eaten by the Kraken. Because <laughs> the universe demands balance. Whatever that balance may be in this scenario. And it is, it is dealt by the Kraken. Yeah. The Kraken is the great leveler <laughs> yeah. in all things. I mean, justice by Kraken would be a hell of a... Like, you know how um, El Salvador yeah. recently adopted Bitcoin as a like official national currency? <laughs> I want to know what the first country would be that adopted justice by Kraken as its official legal system. I think it would be like Micronesia or yes. some of the island Samoa. states or something, you know, that's intrinsically linked to the sea fiji yeah wild bits of the caribbean yeah um loch ness monster definitely loch ness monster is coming back and scotland's economy is raking right, yeah and then the only really magically magically one from the like fantastic beasts end of the spectrum is whatever his magic twig is called because he just looks fun <laughs> well i don't know what other mythical plants there are there's the oh what are the ones from harry potter and they pull them out the ground and they're screaming they can get they fucked. can Fuck off. Yeah, we don't want those. <laughs> the mythical fung... I mean, that's just fungi. Is basi- fungi, yeah. fungi is basically mythical as it yeah. is because it doesn't make any sense. My avatar. Like, what's in avatar? Oh, there's all like the jellyfish plants. Yeah. I mean, if avatar... If avatar... Avatar counts. World. I should say Ranger Dan explicitly mentions avatar. Uh, it's like Harry Potter, avatar, that sort of vibe. But that avatar exists as a complete ecosystem. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I don't want to... Because then... I think we're just taking we're what we're doing is we're like we're introducing a non-native species, so they still get to keep theirs. We just bring a few of them over, in the same way that America's still got its grey squirrels. We just now have grey squirrels. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, with the other ones, there is some mythical level of framework. I'm saying Groot, the twig guy, and the Ents. Yeah, they're just going to hang out in forests. Uh-huh. I think that's cool. They're not like Japanese knotweed that we're yeah. going to have Groot popping up everywhere yeah. they just kind of are tree people yeah who love trees yeah so if anything we're going to go on great yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the kraken ecosystem wise like, all the whales it? are dead yeah i was but that's going to impact the whales and anything that's ever thinks about setting foot <laughs> in the sea yeah, <laughs> yeah. um bigfoot what was sasquatch like berries uh, well, it's a it's a great ape, isn't it? So it'd be omnivorous berries, shoots. That'd be fine. Yeah, I think I think it'd be fine. That'd be fine. Sasquatch is fine. Uh, Loch Ness monster is just eat fish. Uh, yeah, and it's just in Loch Ness, so yeah, fine. Population level genetics not going to go well. Are we just bringing back one? Well, it's, it's, it, and it, just replace it every it, time it dies. But I don't know how mythical animal like the phoenix is mm. on a loop, isn't it? Yeah. So that's just on repeat. It's on shuffle. <laughs> Infinite respawn. Yeah. I don't think we're beating Kraken. Because if we bring in dragons, there's a huge risk to a lot of the population. Dragons might be urban. We I don't think know. you're underselling the impact a literal kraken would have like on the earth. Eighty percent of the human population or whatever yeah. lives in urbanized areas. Yeah. Yeah. famously <laughs> not the middle of the pacific yeah right yeah. that's what i'm saying with the kraken okay it is same with the abominable slow man these are yeah. real things that are so far away from when. where people actually are yeah whereas we look at smaug yeah. famously set fire to an entire town yeah. because someone stole his favorite <laughs> shiny thing right yeah. i mean like that is not yeah. the phoenix he's essentially a really angry magpie yeah 
Phoenixes, they just seem cool. Yeah, they you, they they would slot in fine. I'm yeah. sure. So I think the Kraken, in terms of like impact, also the eco tourism <laughs> of going to see the Kraken, <laughs> Kraken watching tours. Yeah, the Kraken, yeah. bringing it back, back as if it was here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode, which may have included, in no particular order, gorillas fighting sharks, hedgehogs which have learnt to skydive, or maybe that thing we found out about seals which can juggle. <laughs> yeah, to peel back the curtain, as we record these outros, we've got no idea what you've listened to, because we basically get together of a weekend and record all of it in one go, edit it, then mix and match the episodes. Um, so we've got no idea what you've listened to, but we hope you enjoyed it. It is a really nice sunny day outside at the time of recording, and we have opted for the good of our fair listeners to lock ourselves in a small room, <laughs> gazing out at the sunshine and discuss whatever it may be. But thank you all very much for listening and for sharing. We're still seeing the podcast grow and we're really, really enjoying it. But I'm afraid it's time for us to be very awkwardly British um, and announce that we have set up Something that, if you feel so inclined, you can donate a little bit of money to us. Listen to the change in our voices <laughs> as we awkwardly navigate the world of donations. Yes, Jack and I do love meeting up to do this. We think that meeting up to do this adds something to the show. And we really enjoy meeting up to record this for you. And mm. as part of all of that meeting up, I keep mentioning there are a lot of train fares involved. <laughs> yeah. So if you would like to help out, we would absolutely love it if you could go to www.buymeacoffee.com for forward slash how many geese all one word um, we'll also put a link to that at the end of the description on the episode just chuck us anything you've got but if you don't have anything do not worry we're not going to make this you know exclusive or anything like that and it will just help literally support the costs of doing this in our spare time that's the deal do you like it yes yeah can you help out great if you can't no worries we're going to keep doing it so Thank you, everyone, very much for listening to whatever you may have just listened to. See you next time. Hooray. Bye. <laughs>